Okay, everybody, welcome back to another episode of the Figure It Out podcast with me, Chandler Collins. NFL Week 4 preview. It's going fast, as I said last week, but man, it feels like it was just last Wednesday. The boys are back with me, Johnny and Blaine. Lots to talk about. Hopefully, I can get these guys reeled back in from their going on love tour with Taylor Swift over the last couple of days, as you heard on Monday's show. I've actually been in the tape. Studying this week, got a good grip on the slate, great slate, and then Chiefs-Jets to wrap it up. It's going to be an awesome show. Blaine, we'll start with you. What's up, brother? Howdy. Howdy, howdy. I'm feeling um kind of weird, like you're saying. So, fourth of the season is going to be next Wednesday's episode, but I felt like I had to mention that next Wednesday's episode is a fourth of the season out because, I mean, it's it, – Three weeks in, you're getting there. You're like, damn, it's getting rolling, boys. Like, we gotta, we gotta keep, keep loving what we're doing on these Wednesdays because these things are gonna go by fast. But excited to be here. Good games this week. A lot of tough, tough, like close lines that uh, divisional games, primetime games are good. It'll be fun, man. It'll be fun. Yeah, absolutely, Johnny. Johnny went to a concert last night. Had a bit of a a worry this afternoon with the voice, but he's got it back and he's with us. Tell us about the concert, Johnny, um, before you get going here. Yeah, hey, what's up, guys? Um, so I saw my favorite band of all time last night. It was an out of body experience. Uh, the band's called Avenged Sevenfold. It's a metal band. They're the reason <clears throat> that I started playing the drums in the first place. Um, their drummer, who's unfortunately passed now, but. Um, the, the original drummer was like my favorite dude in the world and they uh, have a bunch of tattoos and stuff. It's seriously the reason that I got tattoos and um, it was, it, it lived up and exceeded expectations. So uh, shout out to Avenge Sevenfold, but about one o'clock today, I was worried my voice was still a little bit hoarse, but you know, I, I'm always going to carry the boats on the figure it out podcast. So I had to get things figured out. I think the voice is holding up. Okay. Got some water over here in case need a little, you know, quench my thirst, get a little parched, but um, a lot to talk about on this slate. A lot of fun games, um, potentially a couple stinky tags. We'll get into it later. No spoilers, but excited to break this down with you guys for sure. Donnie, so, you're seasoned vet behind the mic. There, there's no hoarseness. I mean, you're kind of like, you know, Taylor Swift doesn't get hoarse because she plays back to back, back to back. You know, you're seasoned vet behind the mic. No, that's true. Yeah. I had a lot of practice. Um, and I'm so glad you brought Taylor Swift up again in a positive way because Chandler is ridiculous. Um, as a lifelong Swifty myself, um, huh. it's not really true, but I absolutely can't get enough of the Travis Kelsey Taylor Swift news. And uh, this is breaking news, you know, if, if you, well, probably not breaking news because it's breaking internet as we record, but she's apparently going to be at the Chiefs Jets game at MetLife on Sunday night. So, I said on the pod the other day, he's got a golden cock. Travis Kelsey just knows what he's doing. He knows how to freaking riz up chicks. Yeah, yeah, he really does. Um, but I guess we'll see. I feel like if the reports are already coming out, like who who told who that though? You know, like it wasn't Taylor or Travis. Like neither one of them just like said that to somebody. Like who told? Wait, friend of a friend of a friend of a ticket friend that owns the box that you know, works at MetLife that then reports to New York media. Right. right. Are you implying that this is a source off Chandler? Do we have a source off going right now? We could easily have a source off because I don't know who the sources are in this, in this situation, but Hey, people know. So people have more people than I do, I guess, but that's fine. Guys, let's get into the slate. Let's start with Thursday night football. 
The Detroit Lions go to Lambeau in a rematch of the final game of the season last year that knocked out the Green Bay Packers from the NFC playoffs. The Detroit Lions, one of the hottest teams in the NFC North going into the season, 2-1 and one coming into Lambeau. I like the Packers here a lot, guys, and I think this is a moment for the Packers to kind of remind the division of who kind of it still runs through, in my opinion. Vikings reeling, Bears worst team in the league. It is these two teams right here. This is a big step for either franchise. Either franchise, in my opinion, whichever one wins this game has a real stranglehold on this division, in my opinion. I know that might sound crazy this early in the season, but like Blaine said, we're almost a quarter through. This is a big moment in this division, especially for a team that's trying to grab this division that it hasn't had in very many years. Um, It's going to be a great game. And with that said, Packers plus one at home, love the Packers here. Jordan Love been playing really well. They got weapons on the outside. Didn't have Aaron Jones last week in a gritty come-from-behind win against a really good defense, mind you. I don't see how the Packers lose this game. Detroit played better last week, but I still don't think their defense is very good. I think that they're banged up across the line, and I think the Packers' defense is one of the most underrated units in the league, as we talk about on the NFC North preview. Johnny, we'll start with you on this game. Awesome game. Great Thursday night game. One of the best ones since week one, I'd say. Um, What are your initial thoughts, buddy? Yeah, great game. Two and one. I love that. Um, You know, NFC North is a division with two really bad teams in there, but these are two teams that really could be right there. Packers have played a lot better this season than I thought they were going to. And um, although Jordan Love has been kind of a roller coaster, he has done better than I thought. And so a testament to him there. I wanted to read, though, there are a good amount of injuries in this game. Bakhtiari, Jenkins already ruled out, so two – key starters on the offensive line uh, for for Green Bay out. Devondre Campbell and Aaron Jones as well. Uh, It's questionable if Christian Watson will make his season debut. Uh, And then on the Lions side, Montgomery and Taylor Decker are questionable. And so some things to watch there. You know, I've got Christian Watson in some fantasy leagues. Not that anyone gives a shit, but I'd like to see what he can do with Jordan Love and um, you know, the uh, on the Lions side, I, I think they'd like to get Montgomery back. Um, you know, it, it is early in the year, but based off of what we've seen, they, they they want to use Jameer Gibbs, you know, in high efficiency scenarios to keep him fresh. And they don't want to, you know, have him shoulder a huge workload and Blaine Montgomery playing would definitely help with that. Yeah, it would. And <laughs> You know, this this game's definitely interesting. Detroit's healthier than than Green Bay, for sure. But Montgomery is the big piece, like you're talking about, Johnny. So we're going to see what happens there. Now, I, Aaron Jones coming back. Romeo Dobbs coming back. Christian Watson coming back. Like, Jordan Love's going to have that receiving room to full tilt. We're going to find out if he's the real deal or not. On primetime and Lambeau against a divisional opponent. Here it is, Jordan Love, here's your stage. And I that's what I'm watching is how Jordan Love plays because I think Detroit's good enough to beat um, Green Bay with, hell, if Aaron Rodgers was still back there, let alone Jordan Love. So, I mean, he's been sacked three times in three games. He's He's been good, Chandler, as you said, but there's nothing been too flashy because he hasn't had to. I mean, he put 38 on the, the Bears, but went 14 for 25 against the Falcons. They lost, then put 18 New Orleans. That defense really won that football game, so – it's going to be interesting to see how he holds up to Hutchinson and and some of that D line to give him pressure. And they obviously did a good job against Patrick Mahomes, 
Um, Brian Branch on the edge with some of those receivers. And in that secondary, I know it's down CJ, but um, man, matchups across the board, both sides. Detroit's offense versus Green Bay's defense, Green Bay's front versus Jordan Love. He couldn't ask for a better Thursday night game. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go Detroit here. I think they're a better team, and I think they're. Uh, I'll think they'll show up, but it's gonna be close. Yeah, I need to make my pick too. I forgot to do that. I'm on. I'll be on Detroit uh, as well. And one other player that I didn't mention, Blaine. I, I think Blaine. It might have been you or Chan- I remember one of you guys in the pre-draft pod was talking really high about Sam Laporta. Laporte. Laporte. I don't know how to say it, but he's been really good so far. Yeah, he was the rookie that. You said the Chiefs didn't have to worry about him at Detroit. <laughs> he's turned yeah. out. I picked him up right after Taylor said that, and he's on my bench. And hell, I'm starting him and in, in my leagues right now. He's he's been great. But Packers opened as one point favorites here, so it's flipped to Detroit throughout the last few days. So that's obviously sharp money going on Detroit for heads up. A battle of two rookie tight ends as well, Laporta and. Um... What's the guy? Musgra- Luke Musgrave. Yeah, He's Luke been Musgrave. great out of Oregon yep. State. Yeah, two of the best yeah. rookie tight ends. I think Kincaid's kind of taking a back seat. Yeah, Buffalo can burn. Okay, moving on. First games of the month of October this week. October 1st, the Atlanta Falcons travel to Jacksonville to kick off. Excuse me. No, this is a London game. This just popped onto my screen here. Interesting. Yep. Wake up, get your piss hot. We have NFL football at 8.30 Central, 9.30 Eastern. The Atlanta Falcons are going to be at Wembley Stadium against the Jacksonville Jaguars. The 2-1 and one Atlanta Falcons against the 1-2 and two Jacksonville Jaguars. I think this feels like the Atlanta Falcons are going to bully them. And what's crazy to me about this is that you would think Jacksonville's like, they're kind of joked around about London's like their second home. But there's not really Jaguars fans there, guys. And there's not really Falcons fans there. So, I mean, there's just going to be football fans. I don't think that plays a huge factor into it. Um, And I think the Falcons are going to be able to run up and down the field on them. I really do. And I love, week in and week out, I think I've said this, I just love teams that have an identity and stick to it. And the Falcons have that. It's not going to be a pretty game unless Jacksonville shows up. And I can see that happening. But Atlanta's defense has been playing well, Blaine. Maybe give me a feel on this. Yeah, no, and that's what I was going to say. Atlanta's defense allowed the third least yards in the NFL. And Jacksonville has struggled offensively the last two weeks. Kansas City shut them down in the red zone. They looked pretty bad against Indianapolis. Like what? Or um, who did they play last week? I'm an idiot. Houston. Houston. Yeah. So, that, I mean, they look pretty good against a Houston defense is questionable. But, I mean, just something about this feels like Jacksonville's offense has too many weapons. They're too good to be so wrong for three weeks straight. It's like strike one, strike two. I just don't see strike three coming here. I, I think Trevor Lawrence has is, is got to play well here, uh, or else he's kind of sliding down the rankings, and I think that he will. It's a big game. I mean, it's a big game for both of these teams. Arthur uh, Smith wants these Falcons to get going here, and Jacksonville has to win. It, it's, it's a back-and-forth battle. 8.30 a.m., America playing football in Europe while American golf playing golf in Europe. Like, America is just going to own this Sunday. Hopefully, right. the Ryder Cup team does well, too. So, you, I hope you guys have that on your second, third screen. But, man, this Sunday morning is going to be phenomenal. It's a really good point, Blaine. I'm really glad you said something about that. That's why I have you on the pod. Johnny. Yeah, um... So, so, yeah, Sunday's going to be awesome. Just sports all day. Um, again, you know, 
I'm almost 30 years old and I'm a married father. So I live in a house with a living room with one TV and I'm, I'm not upset about it or anything. Kind of wish we had seven or eight TVs in the living room, but my wife won't budge on that one. So I'll have to put some stuff on, on my phone and on the TV. No, Johnny, hold on, hold on, hold on, Johnny. You just got to get like a, you know, Costco $150 30-incher and a table for 20 bucks. Put it in your storage room. Just do a little movement every Sunday morning yeah. up to your living room, and then just I like that. Take, it, take it down. Yeah, I need to just I need to stop making excuses and play like a champion. I just got to <laughs> freaking sack up here, and I got to I got to do that. So, um, great. I, I, this it could be any matchup. I love when they have eight thirty a.m. football, and then it goes right into the noon slate, right into the three o'clock slate. Little break, you know, uh, 20, 30 minutes. I mean, hopefully a three o'clock game goes into overtime so we can go right into the Chiefs game as a nightcap. But yeah, um, yeah just a, gr- a great setup. Uh, you guys said a lot of, a lot of stuff uh, about this game that I had. I'll just add a few things here. Two offenses that have been slow so far this year. Jacksonville scored 57 points on the season. Atlanta 55. You know, keep in mind, Miami had 70 last Sunday. So, like, it's just some, some, some teams that, uh, you know, are, are, are slow out of the gates on offense and looking to figure some things out. On the Jacksonville side, no Zay Jones. Well, they say he's a long shot. Zay Jones is not, you know, some amazing player. But that wide receiving core has struggled so far for Jacksonville. They're looking, you know, maybe maybe he's somebody that at least helps with, like, their rotation or the way that they, you know, they're spacing on the field. And, and not having him, they, they've still struggled. And on the defensive side where Jacksonville's also struggled, no Devin Lloyd. He had two screws put in his thumb, and he's out for this game, not even traveling with the team to London. So um, maybe that means we could have a little firepower here on both sides. Over-under is 40, over-under is 43 and a half. I kind of want to take the over yeah. on this one. I think, I think you know, Jacksonville's desperately trying to score more and – um, with with Devin Lloyd, you know the the centerpiece of that defense out that might help Atlanta score. Blaine, I feel like we need a London game that's gives some firepower. I feel like every London game we've had has kind of been like you know twenty to seventeen. Like I need a thirty five, <laughs> thirty three London game. I think yeah. they, they deserve it over there. Buck them because it's a Ryder Cup, but give it to them. Yeah, give us a Lundover. Get it. Nice. I like it. Come on, I like Chandler. It. I like it. That wasn't it. bad. That wasn't bad. Like Let's get a London over. Over my London, London <laughs> bridge. <laughs> Fergie. Okay, combine those. That's a 10 out of 10. Right, okay. exactly. Um, last last two things for me. I'm going to take Jacksonville minus three in this spot. I just think that they're a little more familiar with the process playing overseas. Uh I think they're in more of a desperation mode. I could see Atlanta just – kind of coming out flat in this spot. Um, and so – and I really don't understand the whole Kyle Pitts thing. He's like – Arthur Smith says he's not going to be traded, but then there's a rumor that Dallas is interested in him. I, I don't know there. And um, Calvin Ridley is a, you know, revenge game here for Calvin Ridley. So maybe he finally gets back on track. So a uh, lot – I guess I said more than I thought there. Jacksonville minus three for me. I never made my pick either. I'm going to go Jacksonville, so clean there across the board. Let's move into the noon slate. The Los Angeles Rams head to Lucas Oil. Uh, Interesting matchup here. I feel like this doesn't happen very often, Um, but the Rams will be in Indianapolis Sunday afternoon. 
Rams favored by a point at home. I believe Richardson back for Indy this week. I know that he was questionable. I think it's up in the air still if the case arises where he can't play. It'll be Gardner Minshew. Um, the Rams, I mean, they have been one of the scrappiest teams in the NFL to date, and so have the Colts. I feel like these two teams are mirroring each other in their respective conferences, with the Colts having slightly, in my opinion, more talent, just barely, than the Rams. A little bit more excitement as well, and I think Steichen is a pretty decent coach, guys. I think that we can say that through through the first three weeks of the season. Um, Indy plus one, weird things happen in Indianapolis, and it feels like a place where the Rams might struggle to get comfortable. I don't know. It's kind of weird saying that, but even though they play in SoFi, it's just kind of a weird dome. It's a weird setup. Um, and I just feel like the roof's going to be open. The sun's going to be out. Weird spot for the Rams here. Um, and I think the, I think Indy's going to get them. I think Indy's going to win here. I don't need to listen to you guys. I'm taking Indy in this one, but we will hear from you guys. Blaine, what's your lean here on this one? Yeah, it's really weird. This is I have here weird game of the week. The one of those that you're just going to have a really hard time figuring it out. Rams opened as one point favorites. Now the Colts are, are one point favorites. So you know where where do you go? Money's going on the Colts because they think the same way as you. It's a hard place, tough place to play in Lucas Oil. But well, Blaine, real quick, I've got yeah. Rams as a point favorite. Oh, okay. Well, I have Colts here on this book. I took a different one, but it opened as Rams. So, I mean, there are that means there is some money right. coming. But the Colts give up the fifth most passing yards in the NFL per game per completion, and then the Rams. You know, they can they can obviously throw it across the yard. Puka Nakua, Tutu Atwell have shown that they are very valid pieces for Cooper Cup. You would have thought that week one. I thought, uh, yeah, I would probably. I don't know. I would have bet a lot of money on that would not happen. But Stafford's slinging the pill, man. And the the one thing I have here that is if Stafford does not get comfortable in Lucas Oil, I think the Indianapolis pass rush is really good. It, it gave C.J. Stroud some troubles two weeks ago. They've had some success up front. Is L.A. going to get figured out a little bit here as the year as the weeks go on? I mean, they had a good w- week one, week two. We'll see what three, four look like here. It just... I, I don't know, guys. I don't know. And, and is Indianapolis better with Gardner instead of Anthony Richardson? Like, I don't know. I don't know who the Colts are going to trot out, and I don't know what the Rams are going to be. I'll go Colts home team just because. And yeah, I, weird game of the week. I don't have a. I'm I'm stuck with words for this game, guys. Are we just so we're all on the same page? Are we just going to go with Rams minus one as our line we're picking yep. off? Yeah. yeah, I'll go okay. I'll go Colts plus one. Sorry about that. Yep. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so you guys are both on the Colts. And I, I think I, I think I'm with you. Um somebody who's been really good this year has been Michael Pittman, by the way. Um, you know, two different quarterbacks he's had to work with, and he's and he's done really well. He's got uh he's the only player in the NFL with eight plus catches in every game this year. So a lot of volume, uh reliable. Um and, you know, whether it's Minshew or Richardson, that's that's something that you're going to want to have out there. And so um, I just think that based off of what I saw with the Rams, like, you know, that the, they'll have times this year where they, they're schemed up well. Um, but I think a lot of that's going to come at home. I think this is just a, a weird spot for them, like you guys have been saying. I think there's like a, a Jim Ursay curse put on that building, like just some weird, like, 
psychedelic drug orgy happens every night before the game and it puts weird weird juju on the field uh and so uh you know visiting teams sometimes uh get those demons and so i I think i'm gonna go i'm gonna go with the colts here with you guys too so two in a row that we're all on the same page no you know what guys it's my first flop of the year I'm a notorious flip flopper. If you've yes, it is my first, my true first. Yeah. After saying I'm I'm going Rams. I'm going to flip on what I'm saying as I'm as I talk through this and I the weird game of the week. I'm gonna I'm gonna flip it and just pick different than you guys just just for the sake. I I, I think Stafford can get going. I really don't think Indianapolis in the back half is as good as they've shown um, throughout the first three. I I think the Rams will be fine. I'll go there. The Cincinnati Bengals, the one and two Cincinnati Bengals travel to Nashville to take on the one and two Titans, two teams in the bottom of their division through the first three weeks of the season. A lot of fun to say if you're a member of Chiefs Kingdom like the three of us, the Bengals looked very, very out of shape. I guess you could say on Monday night, they're struggling to get in shape for the season. Um, and I think it starts up front, guys. I really do. Teams are getting after the passer. I thought Burrow was under some serious duress, especially with the leg. Um, and he's obviously hurt. I mean, man, he's hurt. But I, you know, I would want Patrick to play if he could play. So I kind of understand why the Bengals are are doing it. Um, and he flat out said in his post game, if you guys didn't see that, that he, like he he knew how important it was to not go zero and three, and he thought he had to play, and so. Credit to him. They get it done by three against the Rams. Kind of a gross game, but um, they pick up their first win of the season. The Titans, I feel like we already know what the Titans are. They stink on offense, but their defense can muck games up. And I think it's a very difficult task for the Bengals here. Going on the road to play at Nissan, the Titans' D-line is going to be able to get after. If Burrow does not have time, I don't care how good your receivers are. We said this week in and week out, but I don't care how good your receivers are. If they can't get the ball, they're worthless. And Burrow is struggling to get the ball out, and the Titans are no easy match up front for this Bengals O-line. Now, on the flip side for Cincinnati, in my opinion, a team that we know really well, their defense looked pretty damn good on Monday night. And, And really, to Blaine's point in the previous game we just talked about, Stafford has been able to throw the ball around the yard a lot, and he kind of felt like he was under a lot of duress too. And if that pass rush wakes up, the Titans' offense is in big trouble, an offense that's already very incapable of moving the ball if it's not Derrick Henry, and he has not gotten going yet either this year. So this is a tough game. It's weird. Titans plus two and a half at home. I'm going to take that. I think that the Titans' defense can get after Cincinnati well enough to where the Titans can play their style of game, and they're good at winning games their way. They don't want to try to win a game your way. They want to win it their way, and they're good at it, and I think they make Cincinnati's life hell Sunday. Blaine? I agree with exactly what you just said about Cincinnati finally having a pulse defensively because that's been my – I think that's been a bigger – it's not been a bigger question about them. I I think that's been one of the – factors that's added to Joe Burrow looking so bad is that their front just hasn't been able to do much and Tennessee not being able to do anything defensively to stop Deshaun Watson really kind of put my my mind in a weird place Deshaun Watson I think he went like 17 for 22 or even better than that his completion percentage was out of the yard went for 250 plus two touchdowns through the air I didn't think that was going to happen last week. I didn't think Tennessee's defense was going to give that up. And so Jamar Chase got going last week a little bit. Joe Burrow, I know he's hurt, but if Jamar and Boyd and 
and, and Higgins, and they can get going just just at a pulse at what the the Browns could do last week against this Tennessee defense. I just I think I think Cincinnati is just a far better football team, guys. And Mixon's starting to get going too. Bengals got to handle business here, guys. They really have to handle business, and I think they're going to. I'll go Bengals. Okay. Um, I, I'm i leaning Bengals. Chandler, I think you, you argued a, a valid side of that, though, so it's making me think just a little bit, just in regards to the two and a half. You know, Burrow was obviously injured last – you know, hurt last game, like you said, and there were no setbacks – but I think the only reason he played was because they were 0-2. Like, if they were 1-1 and or 2-0, he wouldn't have played, right? He still dropped back 49 times, took two sacks. Like, like that's a lot of, you know, action on the calf. And so I'm just curious how he's going to be in practice this week. And Cincinnati is the – uh, Tennessee is not the defensive line that – the doctor ordered for that calf this week. Like that is this, this could be a really tricky spot for Cincinnati. And I think I'm, I'm still going to take them minus two and a half, but there is a part of me that just sees Tennessee winning the game outright. Johnny, you want to take Tennessee here from the start. I could feel it from you. But Tennessee had three points last week. They had right. 90 yards of total offense. Yeah. Derrick Henry is averaging 3.2 yards per carry and has been out-snapped by Tajay Spears two of the last three games. Right. They have, like, this is why I, I think it's sharp for the, you know, the listeners to, to key into what we're saying preseason when we have all of these team-by-team breakdowns. Like when we were saying the Titans' offensive line is going to be a major issue, it is a major issue. Their whole identity is based. Like this team tried to win a Super Bowl. They made it to an AFC Championship game with the approach of kick your ass with our defense, be well coached with with Vrabel, and then figure it out with Tannehill uh-huh. and Derrick Henry. And that's past its prime. They've tried to put veteran aging receivers in there too. And it's just like, to me, to me, I, I like just don't, I don't want to bet on Derrick Henry Tannehill and, and DeAndre Hopkins. I don't want to do it. And I'm not going to. I'm taking Cincinnati minus two and a half. I like it. Hey, I, I just looked up a stat here as I'm clicking through a bunch of these though. One thing to note, guys, you're talking about Burrow not being able to throw the ball down the field. We've said it so much. Cincinnati has a league-worst 3.8 yards per play offensively. And Frable might – that's a tough game to pick, guys. Really tough game to pick. Well, this game is going to be maybe even tougher to pick because of how bad it is. And in a podcast of first, we've had the first flip-flop. We have the first official stinky tag of the season. I think we can officially give them out. I think weeks one through three, you don't really know that much about teams, so the stinky tag doesn't hold as much weight. It does moving forward, and this week is the first. The Denver Broncos go to Chicago to take on the Chicago Bears in a battle of 0-3 teams, potentially two of the worst teams in the NFL, definitely one of the worst teams in the NFL is the Chicago Bears. Denver, I would say, knocking on the same door as Chicago. 
Denver minus three and a half on the road. Weird number to me, in my opinion. I think it should be a lot closer than this because I think this game could be really, really gross. Like a this screams seven to six to me. One touchdown and two field goals. I'm not kidding you. Um, and so it's it's tough. What are the Bears? How are they going to respond after last week? And how are the Broncos going to respond after last week? Two very uh, similar endings to their games and brutal endings at that. A 70-piece was put on Denver, and the Bears look like a high school team against the Chiefs. So it it's weird. How do these franchises bounce back? Weird things out of both locker rooms, in my opinion. The whole Bears saga is still obviously not just gone away in that facility. Like It's still looming large. Broncos players after the game complaining about they're tired of losing and all this stuff. Like vibes could not be worse in both camps. And for that, I think it's a really difficult game to pick. I will say this little nugget though, over under 46 and a half. That seems crazy high to me. Two inept offenses. I know the defenses aren't necessarily great either, but man, that's a lot of points. I'm going to take, The Bears, just because they're at home, plus three and a half. But I don't love it, Johnny. Well, this is interesting because I think the exact opposite. I think that both of these defense stink. I think both of these teams are desperate. I think that the Bears, um, you know, they set an NFL record last week uh, against Kansas City by uh, making it 13 straight games. Their defense has surrendered 25-plus points. Right. And so if they make it 14 in a row, uh, that means that, you know, 26 to 21 gets us to the over. And I am intrigued by that. I think that um, my gut also says that Denver's going to win this game. Um, and just for the listeners who just gasped to themselves, Johnny's going to take Denver. Absolutely not. I mean, I, I would like, I will, I'm gladly going to light my money on fire on, on bears plus three and a half here. Um, Cause I won't, I won't put money on Denver. Um, and I, yeah, I think there's going to be some shootout potential uh, in this game. Denver's defense has just got 70 hung on them and that's demoralizing and they're going to have a full week of practice and people are going to be pissed off and, and not in a good way. Um, and so, yeah, I, I like the over and I'll take the Bears plus three and a half, which disclaimer, listeners, do not do this. Don't actually do this with your money. Yeah. Um, but for the sake of the pod, that's what I'm going to take. And it's just crazy to me. Last thing. Um, this shows you how brutally pathetic the Chicago Bears are, is that Denver just got 70 points hung on them and they're and the Bears are hosting that team and are three and a half point dogs. Yeah. That is how that is that is how pathetic the Chicago Bears are. Um, but let's go Bears. I mean, I want to say I want to have a second to talk about Denver's for 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 J- I mean, Van, Vance Joseph should be talked about more here. I mean, Sean Payton taking over as the head coach is all that everybody's talked about. But Vance Joseph, as a defensive coordinator, has been horrible, absolutely horrible. He was a head coach at Denver, and he went eleven and twenty-one over two years. Yeah, but yeah, but let's hire him for the defensive coordinator position here, even though he sucked whenever he was the head coach. Like he he is on 
If it was the 1980s, he'd be on a plank in the middle of the town and everybody would have their pistols out ready to shoot the guy because he's been that bad. I mean, it, it, it really doesn't make sense of why Denver made this move. And Sean Payton's done an all right job with Russell Wilson, guys. This offense has been okay. Like, they're top 10 in the league in yards per play, top 10 in the league in passing offense. They're throwing the ball down the field. Mims is doing fine. Their rushing game isn't great, but they're off. Like, that's not the problem. The problem is their defense is so bad. I mean, when's the last time you saw somebody get 70 hung on them? Well, in the 60s. That's how bad Vance Joseph is, guys. But the the flip of what you guys are saying here is the Bears' offense is that bad. So the favorable thing to Denver here is that Denver's going to be able to score. I think you'd be remiss to say Chicago's going to be able to score. They're not going to be able to score all year long. So I obviously got to go Denver here just because I think they're better than what everybody is playing them out to be just because they got 70 hung on them last week. Well, they played the commanders close, yada, yada. I think this is a game that Russ has to be good in, and I think he will be pretty good in. I think they're going to handle business in Chicago. I'm not high on Denver. Don't I fucking hate Denver, and I honestly kind of hate Chicago too, but Denver opened as a point-and-a-half favorites. They're now three-and-a-half favorites. Money's going on Denver. It's piling in because people see the same thing. Denver's going to handle business here, guys. Sean Payton hates Russ, though. Like, I, they can say all the stuff they want. There's been just, like, multiple instances where there's been passive-aggressive comments and just aggressive-aggressive said comments. Like, it's, it, it, it's you know, uh, like, when he was talking about, like, you don't have to what, – what did Peyton say? Like, you don't have to, like, always be the nice guy or whatever the fuck he was saying. It, there is obvious tension in that building – and they just got 70 fucking points hung on them. Like, that's that's why I think that the offense is going to be, like, keyed up for for Denver. Like, and so, yeah, Denver scored 33 points in a game this year. Yeah, Russ has been a little bit better on scripted stuff. That's all Sean. But I just think that – I think this is going to be a high-scoring game, guys. Yeah. And 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 uh, I heard someone say this, too, and I don't know if this is true – Obviously, Vance Joseph has had trouble keeping jobs, okay? But someone was raising the point that it could be attributed to Sean Payton releasing the defensive coordinator last year, Edgero Evero, who's now the defensive coordinator for uh, the the Panthers. And, Blaine, you're shaking your head immediately. Why? The defense was good last year. Yeah, but I've, I've heard bad things about Vance Joseph throughout multiple – former players of I forget who I was listening to last week, but they were talking about the Miami game and I I regretted my pick after I heard it because it was after the podcast. But they're like, well, Vance Joseph's defenses are usually have holes and they're usually susceptible to to offensive going because he just is I think he has a bad rap through I guess like I don't know if the players like but I heard it from a former player. I think it might have been Brady Quinn saying this, but um I I don't know if he has the best I don't know what what do you say um, reputation across the league as as a D coordinator, but yeah, there were years in uh, New Orleans too where Peyton had you know really good offenses, but there were three years straight where they missed the playoffs when like I think Rob Ryan was their yeah. defensive coordinator and the defense was terrible in New Orleans. This is this is this was also raised. I didn't come up with this. This was raised by somebody else, and I really liked what they were saying. Like 
for as creative and gifted of an offensive mind Sean Payton is, maybe there's a little bit lacking on the defensive side and maybe keeping this Edgero Evero around would have been the right move. Regardless, the defense in Denver has been a massive failure three weeks through the season. You're right. It would have been the right move because Vance Joseph stinks. So <laughs> thank you, Denver, for being inept again. <laughs> a really awesome AFC North battle. The Baltimore Ravens travel to Cleveland to take on the Browns. Uh, this is a fun game, guys. I'm really looking forward to this game. Um, I still we'll start with the Cleveland side of things. I just don't know what Cleveland is yet. Like, you know, it's been too rocky so far. They look deep, like they look pretty good in week one, but still look very, very shaky in week one, but a big win over the Bengals. Then what do they do? They go and they get they lost week two, correct? Yeah, they lost to uh they lost to the Steelers last week. And then they turn around and they beat uh who'd they just beat? Tennessee. Yeah. Tennessee, like 27 to 3, correct? Yep. So it's just been up and down, up and down. And this is a, you know, this is going to be a tough game with the Ravens. The Ravens banged up, correct? I'll let you guys correct me if I'm wrong on that one, but they were banged up last week. And you normally don't get healthier as the season goes along unless you're lucky. Um, it, This is a really tough game for me as well because the Ravens offensively have been able to do the things they want until they go up against the Colts last week and lose. That was weird. And then you're getting ready to play a top five defense in Cleveland. And Cleveland's defense has been able to keep them in games and um, done some really nice things. Can they slow down Lamar? That's going to be a challenge. It always is. But I'm going to take Cleveland at home here. I think this is I think this is a good spot for the Browns to get the three and one. Johnny? I think it's Johnny. I don't know. But uh, the, the this matchup and the AFC North matchups continue to just be rock solid. This is I'm I'm just looking forward to this game a lot. Um, for some reason, like it's hard for my brain to grasp Cleveland being favored by three in this spot. I don't know why. Like one and a half sounded better to me, or a two, um, but uh, it's probably because Cleveland's defense is playing the best in the league right now. I had surrendered one touchdown on defense yep. all year, um, but on the other side, Baltimore's defense has surrendered like. Two, I think this has two touchdowns right here. And so um, I guess that makes my brain want to take the under 40 and a half. And now my stupid brain is acting up and I want to take the over on 40 and a half. So uh-huh. well, I, I might just stay away from that one. But um, Cleveland defense is really good. Baltimore defense, really good. Baltimore offense has not been very good. Um, and maybe that's just with Todd Monken being there and it being – new it's taking some time but yeah i don't really have a whole lot on this one blaine i think i'm just gonna sit back and watch it and enjoy it yeah this is i love this game just because of how high i've been on cleveland all year jim schwartz man he's done it he's got the personnel and he's done it they have the best defense statistically in the nfl so far through three weeks and you're you're telling me that a todd muck and ravens ravens offense that has not done much this year, I mean, I don't know how the hell they lost that game. Shout out to me and Matt Gibson. We're watching that game. He had the Ravens favored, and they just they couldn't make the play they needed to make. 
They couldn't. And you've seen that out of Lamar multiple times in the playoffs. And just I don't know if if I'm starting to believe that Lamar and a and a system of Todd Munkin, you try to change it up a little bit and go spread offense and and do these things if it's gonna really work. I I have doubts with Baltimore's offense so far through this year. And I'm gonna I'm gonna have doubts until I see it. And there's no way that I'm gonna I'm gonna favor them here against a, a Browns front that has been incredible. I mean, Miles Garrett has a chance to be a player of the year alongside uh, Micah Parsons. I don't know what what else I got to say now. But the plus three, doesn't that – the three is what's throwing me here. So three is a lot for Baltimore in this game, I think. But the Ravens opened one and a half favorites here, Johnny. So money's Mm -hmm. piled on Cleveland. So I think Vegas saw – the same thing you're seeing and yeah. then uh, public guys like us have been hammering Cleveland because of what they've done defensively and they haven't seen out of the Ravens offense. So, I mean, if Deshaun can be good enough, like last week, I, I said it earlier in this podcast, I actually have the stats here in front of me. He went for 289 against Tennessee with two touchdowns, 27 for 33. If Deshaun can have a pulse and play well, Kareem Hunt get going. I mean, their leading rusher was Pierre Strong last week for 20. He, he rushed for 27 yards and they still dominated Tennessee. Shout so out to the it, Jackrabbits on that guy. Shout out Jackrabbits. Pierre Strong, MVC? Yep. Nice. But MVFC. Yeah, MVFC. But um, no, I, I, I think Cleveland's a better football team right now, and I'm going to take them, guys. I love that. Let's stick with divisional matchups. A really fun one down in the bayou. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers travel to New Orleans to take on the Saints. Saints really let one slip away, and Derek Carr – projected to be out for this game blaine's always saying he wants Jameis, and i like Jameis. Jameis, 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 Jameis revenge game here chandler buccaneers yeah yes blaine and i hear all of that but he did not look good against green bay and as a matter of fact he led to the demise of the saints really on sunday afternoon in lambeau he led to the demise of the buccaneers by throwing 30 picks a league he threw, he like threw 30 touchdowns in the same season, so <laughs> he did something right. But big news for the Saints this week, Alvin Kamara back selfishly, really rooting for this guy. Nobody cares, but I've stashed him away on several fantasy teams just because of the three-week suspension. I love Alvin Kamara, though. I really do. I really, really like this guy. I think he's a phenomenal running back. He can absolutely do it all. He's definitely going to be utilized um, in this passing scheme the Saints have. But I am very worried the first week without Derek Carr, as weird as that is to say, he hasn't played great. But compared to what they have, I trust Derek Carr more than Jameis, in my opinion, as much as it pains me to say. Um, Because they definitely don't want Taysom Hill to be their every down quarterback. I think that's very apparent so far through three weeks. Tampa Bay, tough, tough one Monday night. Didn't really get it going. I don't know which Tampa Bay – is it more this Tampa Bay where they can't get it going or are the Eagles that good? I think it happens to be the Eagles are that good because I think Tampa can do some things. Now, I will say I think the Saints defense is really, really good and potentially an underrated unit that's not talked about enough on this show and really around the league, I'd say. Um, but the Saints in the Dome, three-point favorites. I absolutely love the Saints here. I think the Saints get another win and improve, improve to three and one. Blaine. Yeah, no, I mean, obviously I have highlighted here Jameis game just because, I mean, last year we talked about Dennis Allen being a dumbass, and that was very, very uh, talked about throughout the rest of the year of, of, of that line. But 
what does Jameis do? Can he? Th- I I think he's a better thrower of the football than Derek Carr. I mean, it's not. I don't think it's close. Uh, Derek Carr looked horrible against Tennessee. It looked hor- He's looked horrible all year. Can the Saints let it go? Like Michael Thomas, Chris Olave, some of these weapons. Whatever Raheem Shahid, whatever that guy's name is that I've had trouble with. <laughs> they got weapons, man, and. Just bucket the Buccaneers question me because they beat Minnesota week one. Minnesota had an identity crisis week one, not being able to run the football. What did that O line look like? And that was just a weird game. Then they beat the Bears by 10, and then they get absolutely dominated by Philly up front in a game that was way, way closer than it should have been. Philly should have won that game by 30, but they ran the ball 40 times. So I I just it's more so what's who are the Buccaneers for me in this game? Because I have no idea if they're actually good or if they're actually okay. They're not. They're not going to be a team that's going to win a game by a lot. But I think the Saints have a potential to shut down Baker Mayfield, and I think the Saints' offense gives me with Kamara coming back with all these weapons. I don't care if it's Jameis back there. I think they have more potential to put up points, and I think that really the Saints' defense could give Baker some trouble, more trouble than he's seen through Minnesota and Chicago. Obviously, Philadelphia made him look like shit, and I think the Saints can make him look like shit, and that's where I'm going to go with this. I think New Orleans, and give me Jameis in the Dome against his former team, and and I'm going to go Jameis. I got to ride Jameis, don't I? Yeah, you got to take – that's your boy. And uh, I think I'm just going to continue with the trend here. Blaine and I have been picking against each other the last few games, and I'll go against – I just think the plus three is what I want to bet here for the Bucks. and God, that makes me feel gross. Okay, let's 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 look at a few of the the stats that I put down here. Um, I'm re- well. This is not a stat, but I'm really looking forward to the Jameis pregame video, whatever that's going to be. When he's like all coked out and glistening with sweat, what kind of you know preaching he's going to do to these guys? Um, some really good receiving matchup uh, here on both sides, right? Olave is sixth in the league in receiving yards among wide receivers. Mike Evans is seventh. Um, Really impressive, too, right, with the quarterback play that these guys are dealing with. Um, and then Mike Evans versus Marshawn Lattimore. These guys get into a fight, like, every time they play, so I'm looking forward to that, too. And, look, Vegas doesn't think there's going to be a lot of points scored in this game, 40 and a half. I'll just take the Bucks to cover the three. I don't know if they'll win outright, but I think there could be a chance that Jameis tries to do too much. And it could lead to a very, very weird game. Like, you guys remember, like, when, uh, like, Brandon Cooks was playing in for New Orleans and it seemed like every single game he was catching a 90-yard fly touchdown. Like, this game could start with Jameis throwing a bomb to this Rashid Shahid guy and just be, like, a fast-track game the entire time. Um, Or it could just be, like, a 17-13 gross game. So... Um, I'll take yeah, I'll take the Bucks. Love it, I absolutely love it. I think me and Blaine have been teamed up a lot tonight. I feel like against Johnny, maybe. Where well, we, I where are we at? So, well, uh, you haven't been saying some of yours, so I guess we'll do this live on the pod. Let's catch up real quick because you yeah, guys yeah. are both on the Saints here. Yeah. Um, Ravens Browns was me on the Ravens. I didn't say that one out loud but i'm on ravens plus three browns minus three for blaine chandler what were you on for that one i'm gonna go browns minus three 
Okay. And then up to Broncos uh, Bears, I was on the Bears, blame on the Broncos, Chandler. All over Broncos for me. I was I was Bears plus three and a half. I hate that so much. Broncos is <laughs> one too. of my best bets of the week, guys. I'm sorry to go against, but yeah. Blaine Bronco Blaine. No, 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 way. No, don't start it. Nope, fuck that. You've been Bronco Blaine all offseason, too. It's been ridiculous. You just keep fucking – oh, I'm sorry. I'm out. Just keep going. Sorry, I was going to – The Pittsburgh Steelers. No. To Houston to take on the Texans. The Texans coming off a big – what? What's everybody giving me palms up for? There's still oh, games I have to catch up on. There's- Johnny and I were trying to tally up, but you just decided to go to the next game. Hey, we're having some fun on the podcast. Okay, Johnny, <laughs> take us back. Let's go one more. One more. It was I was on the Bengals. Um, this is actually – oh, this is so perfect. We I, I, we didn't get Chandler's for Bengals-Titans because Blaine and I were matched up on that one. I didn't get Chandler's for that one. And if you said it, I just didn't write it down. I'm taking the Titans plus two and a half. Yeah. Okay. All right, we got them all. Chandler, if you want to proceed with your podcast, I think Blaine and I will allow it. The Pittsburgh Steelers travel to the Houston Texans to take on the one and two Houston Texans off a big, big, big win last week in Jacksonville to get D'Amico Ryans his first win as an NFL head coach, CJ Stroud's first win. And I don't want to start any further. Blaine, for you and me, the Stroud boys of the pod. Yeah, this was a great game for us. CJ Stroud looked really, really good in this game against a formidable defense, a defense that gave Matt Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs some fits. Um, he diced them up all day, and it was fun to watch if you're a, especially if you're a Houston Texans fan. I don't love the recipe on the other side of the football this week for the Houston Texans. Yeah. I do not. While I think that the Jaguars are a formidable defense, I think the Pittsburgh Steelers defense is one of the best in the league. And they have one of the best players in the entire NFL on the other side of the ball from T or from CJ Stroud. And that's TJ Watt, a battle of a couple uh, initial names here in this one. And TJ Watt's the much better initial. Um, I think that he's going to make CJ Stroud's life hell on Sunday in Houston. And I think that this Houston defense is a little bit of a step back for Kenny Pickett. And I think Kenny Pickett, guys, two and one, Kenny Pickett, Stop. by the way. Stop. I think he's going to go to Houston. I think he's going to do just enough to get the Steelers their third one of the season. I really do think that, Johnny. Yeah, I, I we were talking in the, the pre-show pod, uh, pre-pod chat room. <laughs> uh, th- this game, like when I first glanced at it, I was like, eh. Uh, even considered stinky tag, and the more I look at this game, it could be it could be fun. This could yeah. be a fun game. I don't know why I feel like I could be totally wrong here, but I feel like these teams like don't play a lot. I mean, they they're both in the AFC, so they they play more than more than you know uh, interconference uh, games. But um, uh, yeah, I think this is going to be fun. CJ Stroud, you know, before the season, I had no idea about this guy, and you both were all over this. Uh, he's looked real good. You know, uh, third most passing yards um, in the players' first three games to start a career. More than Patrick Mahomes, who's fourth. I mean, that's really impressive. You know, what you'd like them to not be one and two in those games. But it's, a, I mean, new coach, a lot of new players, young team. And what's, what's exciting, and I won't talk about this because Blaine brought up these guys too, 
but how he's how he's elevating the wide receiving core, right? Um, Blaine, you sent some stat about the receivers in Houston being really good. You should talk about that. I mean, I I'm sitting here flexing because I said it on the podcast pre-podcast when we we're talking about the division. Houston's wide receiving core is really good, guys. And you guys were like, oh, you're an idiot. Houston sucks. I was like, guys, they are good. Tank Dell was the American player of the year in front of Rasheed Rice. And he's gone off to be absolutely – he's went nuclear the last two weeks. Robert Woods, who's a consistent 1,000-yard receiver. I mean, Nico Collins has been one of the better ex-receivers, edge receivers in the NFL this year. And it's shown. C.J. Stroud, yes, he's – I mean – I'm not going to give him a ton of creds because he's been great, but he's got a lot of weapons to throw to. Dalton Schultz is a tight end. You, I mean, Laramie Tunsil has a left tackle. He's staying clean enough to throw the ball around the yard, but it's more so like Stroud's just been really good, guys. It, it's the Houston offense versus Steelers defense. That's what you're watching here. But the worry I have, the Steelers gave up last week 172 yards and two touchdowns to Adams last week. Can, can 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 Stroud do something similar? But the Steelers' offense, too, on the flip side, I mean, the Steelers haven't done much offensively. Kenny Pickett, yes, Chandler Collins, but their defense has just produced touchdowns at an unprecedented rate. And does that continue? Do they get to, to C.J. Stroud? Is this where Stroud starts to slide a little bit? I could see that happening. I really could. I have a massive question mark on this game. This is the one game I have not made a pick for in my my pre notes because I don't know where to go. If I'm going to go somewhere, I you know, guys, I I really think Pittsburgh's defense is going to be the better better unit in this football game and I think I'm going to take them um with the 3 points and I I, I just don't know if D'Amico and the this Houston Texans team is ready to play um the Pittsburgh Steelers. Taylor, did you make a pick? Yeah, I I'm on the Steelers. Okay, then I'm on the Texans. Guy, come on, guys. Kenny stinks. He's come horrible. On, Let's fly. No, you're right. Fly I know. I can't. Here. No. Three points at home. Come on, Kenny stinks. I mean, he does gonna... not stink. Oh my God, are you two really touch- saying that? Two touchdowns last week. No, I'm not just saying that. Did you that was watch the first that time in his career? He's had multiple touchdown passes in the game. Long Chiller, career. Did you, did you watch that football game? Did you please? I mean, one was a slant that went for eighty. One and then the rest was just meh. and blip blop blip blop. Come on, Pittsburgh's play. Pittsburgh's defense has literally produced almost as many touchdowns as their offense has. What? Got to put the ball You're in the money t- sometime. Oh my god, Johnny, I'm not going to do it. Ah, no, I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it. I love it. Lame. I've AFC. always been the CJ Stroud guy, so this makes total sense. Yeah, <laughs> true. Shout out Bryce Young. Yeah, well said. <laughs> AFC East, the Miami Dolphins and the Buffalo Bills square up in Buffalo, or as we like to call it, hell. This is an awesome game. Um, Taking my bias out of it, this is going to be an awesome game to watch at noon. I would imagine this will be my main screen because I want to watch every second because both of these teams play such a pivotal factor in the Kansas City Chiefs season moving towards the playoffs. Miami, I think for Miami, it can be the same thing said – on the Denver side, when we were talking about how Denver defense just gave up 70, how do they respond? How does the Miami Dolphins offense respond to putting up 70 points? Are they, you know, I'm not saying that they're sitting down there thinking that they're like unstoppable, 
But are they really taking every opponent week in and week out as seriously as possible? And especially going to a hostile environment for a team that hasn't started off necessarily. They played better their last two weeks, but a big, bad loss on Monday Night Football to start the season in the Hell Bills. I'm curious to see this Dolphins team more than I am Buffalo. I think that Buffalo, we know like the inside or the back of our hand. This Dolphins team, when you look at it, they've started off probably the best start in the Tua era, probably by far most expectations of the Tua era, I would say. How do they handle it? This is a huge test for them going on the road to an interdivision rival, on the road, a hostile environment. How are they going to react in a, in a place where they have played pretty well? They played decently last year towards the end of the season, even in the snow, and they came up short in that game, I believe. But I'm taking I'm taking Miami. I would never take Buffalo in this situation. I'm taking Miami all wow. day, plus two and a half. Give me that. Buffalo's defense is not that good, in my opinion. I fail to, I fail to believe that. Or, excuse yeah. me, I refuse to believe that. Um, and I'm, I'm all over the Dolphins here, Blaine. Yeah, no, I, I, I understand where you're at. I'm going to go the other way. And a point, obviously, last week I made that I was going to be too early on the Dolphins' downturn. They they put up 70 on Denver, and I, I said last week multiple times, God damn it, I'm going to be too early on this, but I'm going to say it. And I said it, but now I think it's going to come to fruition because I saw Buffalo on the schedule next. And I think Buffalo is just a team that knows Miami so well that, um, man, Tua has been sacked one time this year, guys. He's been clean. They've been throwing the ball across the yard. They've done whatever they have wanted to do. They played bad defenses all year long. I mean, the, the last time the Bills lost to Miami, Miami put up 19 points. It was just... Buffalo can handle Waddle Hill to enough to to put up some points. I, this is going to be a close game. The last three they've played has been within three points, and it's going to be that again. And it's two and a half for a reason because, well, it's going to be within three. So I get two and a half for the Bills. I'm going to take two and a half for the Bills. The Bills lead the NFL in pressures against quarterbacks. Miami leads the NFL in pressures against quarterbacks and Tua. So something's going to give there. And I think Buffalo's front is good enough to make Tua a little more uncomfortable than we've seen so far this year. I think they know their offense a little bit better than a lot of the teams they've played so far this year. And ultimately, I just I just think the Bills are going to throw some things at the Dolphins that the Dolphins are going to struggle with. I mean, they've been been able to do whatever they want. I, I can say it however many times I want to say it, but I, I'm just not, I, I just don't think Miami's a top three team in the NFL. And I think Buffalo is going to come out with a fury to say, Hey, you guys are not here yet. We're still the Buffalo bills. As much as I hate to say it, I, ju- I just think Buffalo is a better team. Interesting. Um, I saw that Jordan Poyer and Micah Hyde were both DNP today, and Waddle was a full participant, which makes me like the passing attack, you know, based off the matchup even more for Miami. I think this one's really difficult to bet. Um, 53 and a half is the over-under. That's a lot of points. Um, Weather's supposed to be good in Buffalo. Very weird to me that this game's at noon. I just – and I know, like – this game's on Sunday Night Football because it was supposed to be Mahomes and Rodgers. Like, that makes complete sense. I just – I'm really excited to watch this game. 
My lean is Miami here because I saw those DNPs, but I also saw that Teron Armstead was DNP today. That goes into the pressures. Oh, do I have to bet this one? Fuck. I think I'm just – I think I'm going to take the Dolphins with Chandler because I don't like the Bills. I would rather the Dolphins win this game and Buffalo be sad at home. That's why I'm going to take Love that. the Dolphins here. Well, guys, too, I, Miami's defense still has something to prove here. I mean, what, what, what have we – the Patriots should have beat them, guys. Mac Jones looked okay. He just couldn't convert a third down. I mean, the Patriots should have won that game. They held Tyreek to 40 yards. Is somebody else going to be able to do that? Now, Johnny, I did not know that about Poyer and Hyde. So that is massive news. Good point for the podcast. But Chargers marched all the way down them. Patriots marched all the way down them. Broncos just, I mean, that was a weird game. They're just so much unknown with the Dolphins. They're, they're, They're really a hard team to, I don't know. A lot of people it's probably have a, 17 touchdowns this year. So like what we don't have to figure out is that their offense is just good right now. Right. If the weather's good, that helps them out. Right. I, I just, it, I think this game just comes down to, is this going to be a game where Josh Allen can't stop giving the ball back to the Dolphins? Like to the Dolphins? Yeah. Like, is he point. just going to throw some fucking picks? I don't know. That's why like, there's no playful banter on this one for me. Cause I think this is a really tough game to bet. I think it's just going to be an awesome game. Great. Yeah. Great point about Josh. Yeah. An NFC East battle. The Washington Commanders travel to Philadelphia to take on the Eagles. The Eagles coming off a nice Monday night football victory. Jalen Hurts still looks a little shaky in the passing game. We'll let Blaine hit on that. But as far as their rushing attack goes, it's still top notch. The NFL. Um, they, they, you know, that there was some question marks in this game, and I picked Tampa last week, and Philly went down there and smacked them, in my opinion. And I think it's led by that front. That front is nasty. On the commander's side, Sam Powell comes down, comes back down to earth when he plays against a really good defense in the Buffalo Bills, as we just talked about. Um, and what a test for the kid now. In the link, Philadelphia 3-0. and I don't love this at all for the commanders. And while I've been pleasantly surprised with the way the commanders have played, their first real opponent, they got demoralized. This yeah. is a real opponent. And I think that Sam Howell is incapable of this right now. Who would you guys... Okay, let me ask you guys this real quick. Who would you rather have, Sam Howell or Kenny Pickett? That is a great question. I would rather have Kenny Pickett. Sam Howell leads the league in being sacked. Yeah. And if you watch, he's... And I'm not... I'm not like... You guys were... Did a great job, Blaine. You did a good job of convincing me a little bit more on Sam Howell. It's just, I think he might like have it. He had a dis- it was a disaster last week. Yeah. So like, I'm worried that this could be another one. Yeah, it, I mean, it's more so like that's a loaded question because what's the offensive line look like for Washington or what's oh, the? Oh other- no, you've played this game before. No loaded question. <laughs> it is. It's football. It's not a one man game. You know that more than anybody, but. No, I, I, I don't have anything to say on that. Get, hard question. Don't Not going to pick. Don't know. But I will say, again, Johnny, you're right. I mean, Washington looked pretty clean for the first two weeks, and then Sam Howell got sacked nine times. Nine oh. times last week. How do you get sacked nine times in an NFL game? And and the my mind goes to, what's Eric Bieniemy going to do after something like that happens? That has never happened in the history of him being 
offensive coordinator ever. So what is he going to do against a Philadelphia Eagles defensive front that is the best in the NFL getting sacked? Is he going to draw something else different? Can he? Will he? I, I, I just don't think it's possible. I, I don't think the enemy is going to be able to do enough to counteract what the Philadelphia Eagles are going to do up front. I think Sam Howell's going to have another tough day. And it's not going to be like last year where we were all high on the commanders and they went up to beat Philadelphia and it just, oh, commanders, commanders. No, not this time, guys. Philadelphia, yes, Jalen Hurts is question mark still. But again, to the point, he has a he has 10 guys around him that are really fucking good. And it doesn't really matter if he's okay. If you put Sam Howell in Jalen Hurts' shoes, well, they would still beat Washington by a score plus, two scores. And that's where I go here. I want to go commander so bad plus eight, but I just think Philadelphia's front is going to get after how I think they're going to do whatever they want to do. And I just, I, I just don't think the enemy has enough in them to be able to do. I, I don't care who you are as a OC for Washington. Philly's going to get the fuck after Sam Howell. And it's pretty clear. Philadelphia's rolling right now, guys. 19 sacks in three games. I remember we were talking wow. last year, like, you know, so a lot – that's not all on Sam either because I remember last year there was – you know, Carson Wentz is out of the league because those were the numbers he was getting sacked for Washington last year. Like, I, I just – I think – I think Washington's offensive line is just not very good and Sam's youth showed uh, last week. This just could be a, a really tough spot for for them here. Um, and – how did how did Jalen Carter get on to the Eagles? That is just so stupid. Pisses me it's, off. Well, it's because the Chicago Bears exist. That's why. Yeah. That's why Jalen Carter is on is on this team. Uh, Fifteen pressures already through three games from him. That that leads all <laughs> interior defensive linemen. I mean, guys, Andrew Wiley is a surefire starting right tackle for the Commanders. Right tackle. Obviously, he's a right tackle, but I mean, Andrew Wiley. He's been a backup his whole career, and then the enemy's like, oh, yeah, come over here. Well, it's not working out very well, Eric. Andrew Wiley, he's going to get dominated by that front. Absolutely dominated, man. Yeah, scary. So clean sweep, I think, on Philly there, right, boys? Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. The 0-3 Minnesota Vikings travel <laughs> to Carolina to take on the – Jalen, hold on. Didn't that feel so good for you to say? It felt yeah. really good, and I'm really not <laughs> surprised by the fact either. They travel to take on the 0-3 Carolina Panthers. The Panthers reeling. Um, man, the Panthers, we're really – that's maybe historically the worst pick of the Figure It Out podcast, um, the Panthers winning the NFC South. That's a brutal one to have to take on the chin. Bad, I don't think yeah. it's going to happen this year. The South looks scrappy, and they're the only team that doesn't look scrappy, in my opinion. Um, and with that being said, the Vikings, they don't do anything that impresses me. Um, outside of Justin Jefferson, I don't think they do anything well. They can't win football games. They blamed their own crowd last week for the loss. The no, coach, you did the, not watch it. The head Impressive coach moments. and the quarterback could not be on the same page. Um, I guess their home crowd was too much of a nuisance for them. And – I don't care what Kirk's numbers are. I really don't. He's not a winner. He does not make winning plays. And if it's not his players bailing him out like a Justin Jefferson, it doesn't happen. And Blaine can sit there and shake his head all he wants. But Taylor. to my knowledge, the Vikings haven't won a football game. And where does it start more than any position on the field? Uh, quarterback. 
And oh my god, the, the Vikings defensively are horrible as well. I'll give you that. I will wholeheartedly give you that. But there's a team game, Blaine. There's two sides of the football. And with all that being said, I'm taking the Vikings minus four. Yeah, that's what I thought. That's they what I thought. Are, the the Panthers are just bad. They're banged yeah. up on defense as well. And I want to give I'm me a break to continue to compete this year with you guys. I've started off the season well, and I want to get my record going in the right way, and the Vikings are the better team, which is crazy to say. That just goes to show how bad I think the Panthers are. So there are two people that are football watchers. There's one that actually watch football in the games, and there's one that just say that Kirk Cousins stinks. Those are those two different people. Really? So, I, yeah, I don't know if you've watched the Vikings at all this year, but have you watched Kirk Cousins at all this year? I mean, he's been tremendous, phenomenal. The top three, a top three quarterback statistically. I mean, without a running game, everything you put into it, Kirk has been great. So, oh yeah, no, Kirk stinks. He lost the football game over the last three weeks. Bullshit. I mean, that's just ridiculous. Kirk's been amazing. And I'm not trying to say that just because I'm a Kirk backer, which I am and I have been for the last five years. But, I mean, I, I just don't. I don't know how Minnesota loses this football game because of how they've lost the last three. They should have won last week. I mean, it was clear. It was there. And that that play you're talking about, Chandler, God, to where, oh Kirk, oh, Kirk could not hear the play call. Well, the play call Kirk ended up, play, ended up putting on the field was the same that O'Connell wanted to, and they said that. And it was right in the hands of T.J. Hawkinson, who had the worst game of his career last week was right there money touchdown should have been over and mind you alexander madison got bulldozed at the two-yard line by a a cornerback when he should have had any i mean there was just so many chances for minnesota to win that football game it was ridiculous i can't believe they're on three because they should have won maybe all three of them and that's just the teeter line of the nfl the problem i have with this game is that minnesota's defense stinks it's horrible and Carolina has not been able to get going offensively so far this year. Andy Dalton is something to watch here, guys. Like I, I think Andy Dalton is a little bit better than Bryce Young so far, which Bryce Young will be a good quarterback in the NFL. But it's it takes time for some of these guys without weapons. Thielen's looked good so far this year, but that's it. And their running back room hasn't looked great either, but I think Carolina can run the football against this Minnesota defense just because Minnesota can't stop anything. And it, it, it'll be fun to see the back and forth, back and forth of this. Carolina ASACs this year, can they get after Kirk? Can they not? It, it, it's just really, really confusing. Both of these teams have massive question marks. I'm going to go Kirk, obviously, and, and the Vikings because they're the better football team. But um, I, I'm not going to be the guy that's like, oh, Minnesota's great. No, they're not because they're not a, not a full, fulfilled football team. I just think that the passing offense of, of Minnesota with – the weapons they have have been tremendous this year and have been keeping them in football games. Um, it's really been been remarkable to see what Kirk has been able to do. You want me to go, Chan? Or you got you are, are you guys in a good spot right now with that? I, I tried to leave it at a like Kirk has been remarkable to get Chandler to say something, but I didn't get anything. Oh, no, so. great spot. Great spot. <laughs> yeah. So uh when Chandler started, it's right. Yeah, the I picked the Panthers to win this division too. Just gonna, I'm. It's early. Anything can happen. Um, I'm just gonna go ahead and take the L on that. I think that was a little, 
little foolish of me. Um, yeah, Bryce was taking a little bit longer to get started, but he was a full participant in practice today. And even though Andy Dalton was good and, you know, pretty good for them last week, almost like 400 yards passing, um, they obviously are going to want to get Bryce out there. Um, so uh, Adam Thielen revenge game, question marks nice. in this nice. spot. Nice. Um, well said. Really, really good game uh, for him last week. Four is a number that always throws me for a loop. Four always makes me want to bet the dog for some reason. And I can think twice this year where I've thought that and the team that was a dog by four points got blown in the fuck out. And <laughs> even though I'm the podcast Bryce guy, I'm going to go with Minnesota plus four in this spot. They are they are everywhere, in my opinion, a better football team uh, right now. And I just think that they're going to have their way in this game. I, I, there's a little part of me that feels like this could be a spot where Minnesota goes to the East Coast and just like lays a total egg. But the bigger part of me thinks that Minnesota takes care of business and gets a win here. One more thing to say on mine. I, I talked about uh, Minnesota's defense, but Carolina's running game has been really good so far this year. And I think their depth there, Miles Sanders, Chuba Hubbard can limit possessions like this. If if I'm going to take an under, I think the Vikings get limited possessions. Just Carolina is going to do something different here. I think they're going to run the shit out of the football with Sanders, Hubbard, and and see if Minnesota Minnesota can't stop anybody. So it'll be it'll be a weird game. I'll go under as my favorite pick here, even though it's 44. I'll go under. An AFC West battle to start the 305 slate. The Las Vegas Raiders travel to the Los Angeles Chargers in a battle of one and two teams. And this game just screams to me Chargers all the way. Um, and that's what scares me the most. I'm not kidding you. Um, this is a weird game in terms of we know these opponents really well, but do we really know them that well? The Raiders were able to do some things with Devontae um, on Sunday to kind of keep that game close. The Steelers end up winning it, but the Raiders are kind of scrappy, no? And the Chargers just continue to be the Chargers, and Brandon Staley is an asshole. Mike Williams out for the rest of the year. That's a huge blow to them. Feel bad for the guy. He just cannot stay healthy, but he's a huge part of this offense, and they're going to have to have guys step up like Quentin Johnston, which is kind of like, oh, I wonder why they went out and drafted him, um, because he has the chance and the opportunity to fill that Mike Williams void. But so far through the first three weeks of the season, he seems to be kind of taking some time to get going. Keenan's been playing on, on another level, in my opinion. I think he's been playing really well. But the Chargers just find ways to keep games close. I don't get it. In a divisional matchup, I think the Raiders, Max Crosby, get after Herbert a little bit, make life hell. If he can do it, I think the Raiders can stay around this game. And for that, I'm taking Raiders plus five and a half. I think the Chargers win this game, guys. I really do. But I think there's no reason why the Raiders can't keep it close. Blaine. Yeah, now here's the thing to watch. Jimmy Garoppolo still in concussion protocol. If he plays, I'm all over Raiders because the Chargers can't stop. I don't know what analogy you want to make up, but make it up, but they can't stop anything. 
and they haven't been able to, and they're not going to be able to stop. Raiders have been decent offensively, guys. I mean, if, if Jimmy doesn't throw three picks last week against the Steelers, they win that ball game. Three picks! Three picks. But, but Devontae still went for 170 and two touchdowns. Like, Jacoby Myers has been really good. They're okay with Josh Jacobs. The Raiders are a team that is going to be tough to play for the Chiefs here in a couple of weeks. Just a tough matchup. And they're going to be a tough matchup for a lot of teams. And I think they're a tough matchup here for the Chargers. But if Jimmy G doesn't play, that's it, it takes it all out. So I guess I'll go if Jimmy G does play, I go Raiders. If Jimmy G doesn't play, I go Chargers. Don't bet it now. Bet it later. And we'll just see. I, I mean, this is my... I have it written down here in all caps. Hate bowl. I hate these two teams yeah. more than Johnny. I know you hate Dem the Denver Broncos, but I don't know why I don't hate Denver as much as you do. Maybe because I was raised more Mizzou, like college football, than I was Chiefs. And now, as Chiefs have came, Denver's just been piss. But um, I hate I hate these two teams so much, and I really think the Raiders are just kind of a sneaky team in the NFL. If Jimmy G plays. Okay, uh, a lot to get to on the, the, these poverty franchises. I mean, it took three weeks for these two teams to just embarrass themselves in, in multiple ways. Um, we'll start at the head coaching position for these two teams. This is just a battle of the biggest asshole. This is, that's what this is. The, the, Josh McDaniels is an asshole, and Brandon Staley is the world's biggest asshole. Uh, Brandon Staley should should be fired based off of that fourth down decision he made last last uh, game at the very end that they didn't get. Um, and then Josh McDaniels should be fired for his end of game antics um, when when he kicked the field goal when he needed a touchdown in order to take the lead. In his words, when he still needed a touchdown after the field goal. It was it was absurd. Um, I don't like dumb, and these guys are fucking dumb. Um, now we'll move over to other things uh, that make these teams poverty franchises, right? Uh, Brandon Staley gets mad at the media. Devontae Adams, when talking to the media, hashtag Adams, uh, says he doesn't have time to wait around uh, while this team figures things out and loses, right? So Devontae was awesome last week. And then after the game says he doesn't have time to wait around. Um, I like Devontae. That is – I can understand where he's coming from. I hate when players say shit like that. Uh, that is that is just the mark uh, of a bad organization and a player that just flat out, like, doesn't get it, uh, in my opinion. And so you just don't say shit like that. Um, so, De so Devontae Adams is on my shit list, and I hate the team that he's on uh, for saying stuff like that. And now let's move over to what makes these teams even in more of a pickle, right? And that's the injury report. Blaine already talked about how Jimmy Garoppolo was DNP, right? But Max Crosby's now a limited participant on the injury uh, report uh, for, for, for the Raiders. Um, and I need to clear my throat <clears throat> because the injury report for the Chargers is lengthy. Joey Bosa, DNP. Gerald Everett, Everett DNP. Derwin James, DNP. Corey Lindsley, their center, DNP. Khalil Mack, DNP. Kenneth Murray, DNP. Right? The only one on there, Khalil Mack, was just for their veteran rest day. But that's a lot of guys on there. Rayshon Slater's limited. Eric Kendricks is limited. Austin Eckler's limited. He's, it'd be a stretch for Eckler to go, too. I mean, what? 
How do the Chargers do this every year? Every fucking year. They can't get out of their own way. The guys they spend money on are absolute disasters. There's a warrant out um, for uh, the corner. The, the, J.C. Jackson. Who was that? J- There's a warrant. Thanks, Chandler. There's a warrant out for J.C. Jackson's arrest. Yeah. And he was a healthy scratch last week. Jeez. Oh. Guys, how – and every year the Chargers are injured. And Jimmy was awful last week for the Raiders against Pittsburgh. I know Pittsburgh's really good on defense, but like these, you know, we, we think all the time about like, God, how did Brady have a 20 year run in the AFC East? Because all the other teams were fucking inept. The three teams in the AFC West, other than the Chiefs, are fucking inept, guys. They are, it, 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 it it warms my soul. I don't want it to change. But at the same time, like, it's just so bad for the league and for their fans who are scum as well. But it's just poor management, poor coaching, poor player personnel, and poor freaking training staff. I don't even give a shit. I hope both these teams fucking lose this week. I'll take the charge. I'll, I'll take the Chargers minus five and a half. Yeah, Brandon Staley should have been fired. As you, you can't even exactly flirting around it. If if they do not win that game against Minnesota, he's gone. Like, and if he's not, maybe he's probably because the Chargers, whatever, they might have kept them around. But what they did last week was just unbelievable. Shocking. Yeah. And you, I mean, you're saying it. Thank God that they are that way because that's why Brady's done. I mean, but yeah, no, I, I had to say something about Staley because oh, Blaine, Brandon Staley, Blaine, fuck that dude. He's an idiot and he sucks. And if you ever say that about me again, I might. No, I don't know what I'm going to do. But I, I well, no, it. it's just Bronco Blaine now. <laughs> yeah, it is Bronco Blaine now. But nah. this is going to be interesting. I think it's going to be a good game. I'm going to be interested to watch it for sure. I'd love, I'd love to just see some ineptness out there the new england patriots travel to dallas to take on the cowboys cowboys coming off a very tough loss in arizona um a team we'll talk about here in a second but weird loss for them uh earlier in the week but prior to that game trayvon Diggs out for the year a huge blow for them but this was the first week where Dak and the offense did not look good uh Dak looked very confused did not play his best game um and that worries me going into this week where you know that he's going to get the kitchen sink thrown at him uh, with a Belichick-led defense. Saving grace, they're at home, but the Cardinals' defense is scrappy, but the New England Patriots' defense is really good. Like, it's going to get after Dak, and it's going to make it really difficult. Can Dak execute? Now, I think on the flip side of that, the saving grace for this team is that defense still, and Mac Jones is not good. He just isn't. He's just not good enough to win this game. Uh, Micah Parsons, I'm calling right now, two sacks and definitely a strip fumble, I would say. And he probably will recover it. Um, Dallas minus seven. I like it. I'm not afraid of the big number, in my opinion. Patriots can't do enough on offense to to scare me in this game. They really can't. Johnny. The most points the Patriots have scored this year is 20. I know it's only been three games, but like – I think it's a miracle for this team to get to 20 points. Like anytime they play and they're now they're playing the Cowboys defense. So it's like, I, 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 I went out on a little bit of a limb preseason and look, 
you know, we, we, we like to do hot takes here. Um, and I was really down on New England. I think they could steal game a game from somebody good, you know, a few one or two times. But, like, I think this is like a five or six win team. Mac Jones is like, you know, taking nut shots at Sauce Gardner, like after plays, like a Duke basketball player. You know, like I just – I just – I don't like – the Patriots um, with all due respect to Bill Belichick. But I don't, I don't like the Patriots. I don't like the Cowboys either. That was hilarious to watch them lose uh, last week. But like how, how does new England score 24 points here? Like they need a defensive touchdown to score 24 points in my opinion. Um, and so seven's a lot of points, um, but I'll take, I'll take Dallas minus seven, 43 and a half is the over under. That's a gross number as well. And the grossest thing I put here, I'll just read exactly what I said. Uh, is this a Zeke revenge game? Question mark. You period. So <laughs> I don't know. Zeke's terrible. The Patriots are terrible, and I'll take the Cowboys here. I think. I uh, go ahead. But real quick, just a little side tangent here. I think that a fun prop bet for the betting people out there would be a Patriots defensive score. If you could get something, I mean, a Dak Prescott pick six. You ever heard of that? Patriots are prime candidates for that. If you want to steal some money, maybe have fun money. Yeah, no, the the thing that worries me here is, well, Dallas's offense did not look good last week, guys. Arizona did what they wanted to do on both sides of the football against the best team in the NFL. No, no, it's it's not there anymore. I was high on Dallas losing Diggs, and they're a little banged up up front again. Which I mean, you should have predicted Blaine, but how can you predict that? But I, 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 Dallas runs the football a ton this year. They they fired Kellen Moore because they wanted to run the football a ton, and they did not have success last week against Arizona, who is bad at stopping the run. So on the offensive side for Dallas, can they get something going against a Bill Belichick defense that knows they are now limited with what they want to do? I, I don't have a ton of belief in Dallas, guys, right here in this spot against Belichick. And you want to know a crazy stat here? Mac Jones leads the NFL in completions in the NFL. How is that how is that possible? I mean his his wide receiving core is okay. Hunter Henry's been really good. Some of their weapons have been fine, but if they're able to do enough, I mean like I said when we were talking about Miami, fuck. The Patriots should have beat Miami. The Patriots can beat Dallas here. I know they're Dallas favorite at 7 by home, at home, but something screams here that Dallas has a lot of question marks that we don't know. Diggs going out is tough for them. Can this offense for the Patriots get going a little bit, give Zeke revenge game going, get Ramondre going? Their wide receiving core is uh, underrated. Hunter Henry is pretty good at tight end. They're decent guys. I think New England is just a little bit underrated here, and I know that they're just slow and boring, but slow and boring is what the Cowboys were last week, guys. They were very, very bad, and... If they run the football 40 times against Belichick, they're going to lose. And I'm taking the Patriots plus seven. Wow. NFC West battle. The Arizona Cardinals travel north to take on the San Francisco 49ers coming off their very first victory against the Dallas Cowboys last week in Arizona. A lot of confidence there. I'd say a good building stepping stone, but the Cardinals look no further than hell. They're there still. Uh, This is not that good of a team. I think that they just somehow caught Dallas in a bad spot. 
They got to go to San Francisco. San Francisco minus 14 points after the Cardinals just beat the Cowboys, who appeared to be one of the best teams in the NFL until last week. That screams a lot to me. This Niners team is just far too much, far too talented, very physical, but also with a good bit of finesse. Ayuk's been the only question mark in terms of, I think Debo might be on there too, questionable, but I don't care if they don't have Ayuk and Debo. They're going to Christian McCaffrey them to death, and that's going to happen. I don't know how the Cardinals score here. I kind of like 14. Um, I'm going to take the Niners all day here, Blaine. Yeah, if you pick against the Niners in an NFC West matchup here against the Cardinals, then you have not been watching football for the last five years. I mean, it's just what do you what do you have? I have fourteen here, but at fourteen is 14. so many points. But I mean, we saw last week the Chiefs dominated a worse team. The same way here, San Francisco will dominate a worse team. Arizona's just. Yes, they beat the Cowboys. They look good. But you're telling me I'm going to believe in Gannon to win back-to-back games? No chance. I mean, the Niners are just too strong here. I don't have a ton to say on this. All I have here on my sheet is a what-the-fuck game because I'm not watching it, and what the fuck? Like, it's horrible. It's horrible. Um, It is horrible, but let's let's – we will be watching – Let's ground ourselves here because there was a time in June when we only had like Rockies versus Padres and Reds versus Brewers on the TV. And we need to realize that I would rather watch this game than if this was the only game and it was on a Tuesday at three in the morning, I would watch this game. Play. No. Johnny, I don't, I, I don't think I'm going to be watching it. I don't know. <laughs> you guys are, uh, <laughs> you guys are gross because yes. I'll, be, I'll be watching. This game is this I game is like playing. Really, Kirk? <laughs> Chandler, are you popping a zit? Yeah, dude, gross. We're getting a little slap happy towards the end here. You know what? It's, one one head coach who would pop a zit is Gannon. Yeah, yeah he's a zit popper. Oh, he's a zit guy. Yeah, uh, <laughs> Arizona. If you are looking for a lottery ticket is plus 625 on the money line per MGM. You're not. And San Francisco's minus 1000. Oh no, I'm not. No, I'm taking San Francisco. Um we let's just I, you know, I uh, I said I was wrong earlier about the Panthers. I was I think I'm safe to say I was wrong about my bold take that San Francisco would miss the playoffs. Um they are so good and Purdy just facilitates the offense. I don't think Purdy's very good. Honestly, I don't. But I just think he facilitates the offense, and that's exactly what they need because they have Hall of Famers everywhere on this team. It's ridiculous, the talent level on this team. And this could be a spot, especially with Arizona going on the road, like big letdown spot. I mean, that was huge to beat Dallas in Arizona last week, this could be a go on the road into Levi Stadium and just get the doors blown off. Yeah. Two more games to go, primetime games. We'll start with Monday Night Football and circle back to the most important game of the week. Monday Night Football, October 2nd, the Seattle Seahawks travel east to take on the New York Giants, Chandler Collins, New York Giants, and a true pick on the Barstool Sportsbook. The Giants tough, tough, tough 
spot to take on the Niners. Short week out west already. Saquon out last week, but I think he'll be back here in this spot. And I don't really look – I'm not panicking on my Giants take. I'm really not. One and two, tough assignments the first two weeks. I'll give them that. And this is a much – this is a time where the Giants can come back off the mini buy at home, and if they can't at least play, you know, very competitive to win, then I might have to re- really reevaluate things. But I think this is a good opponent for the Giants trying to figure out exactly what their identity is. They need to get Saquon going. I think that's very that's that's what that's been my take the whole time on this Giants and my Daniel Jones take is it is reliant a ton on Saquon. I've never shied away from the fact that Daniel Jones needs that in his life to be a good quarterback. Got to get him going. Need more Waller. Was calling for it all offseason. Get the ball to this guy. I know he's had some injury issues, but if he's out there, Giants got to get him the football. And then this defense, this defense needs to wake the fuck up. This is a good defense, and it's not playing well right now. It played in spurts. I thought it played its best game against this 49ers offense, by the way, on Thursday Night Football on the short week. I really did. This is a tough assignment. The Seahawks are good on offense. Kenneth Walker got going last week. They spread the ball around. DK looks pretty healthy to me. JSN. I'm Blaine. I bet you're a little disappointed in the JSN usage. It's been low. It's kind of had a yeah. start, kind of like Quentin Johnston. Um, you know, some sometimes rookies just take a second, but um, you know, it could be a great week to get him going because this Giants secondary right now has been not not great, not great for through the first three weeks. It's a straight pick 'em. I'm gonna pick the Giants. I have to, um, and I think New York wins in a close one. Yeah. Yeah, no, there, there's a lot of question with both of these teams, really. This, this is a huge game for the NFC in whole, I think, of who who are the Seattle Seahawks and who are the New York Giants. I mean, Seattle is usually really good in primetime games. 8-0-1 in the last nine primetime games. But how many, have, how many has Geno played in those? What, two, maybe? So, that's... I don't have a ton, Johnny. I want to toss it to you before I gather my thoughts because it, it, it's a back-and-forth game. Seattle's defense has not been as good as I thought they would be. New York's offense, obviously, Saquon, is he going to play? And that's a huge part, as Chandler, you're talking about. If Saquon's still questionable with that ankle, then that makes a difference. Kenneth Walker looks good. Geno looks okay. But like I said, they're, they're just a lot to be seen out of both of these teams, and I'm glad it's a Monday night game because this Monday night game is going to be awesome. Um. Okay, just real quick to Chandler. Chandler, are you at all – you said you're not backing down from the Giants thing. Respect to that for sure. It has to be a little concerning that this team is a second-half Arizona collapse away from being winless, right? Oh, yeah. Huge concern. But you can't look at it that way. you got to look okay. at it by we won. <laughs> we yeah. Chandler Collins Giants on the pod. No, that's fair. Um, another interesting tidbit, too, is – that uh, Jamal Adams is making his debut in this game. He's been out since week one of last year. He's the true Adams, hashtag Adams, not Devontae Adams. If, if someone were to say Adams, I would think him. If you were to say Devontae, I would think Devontae Adams. But, you know, I, I think I think it would have been cool if that would have been, you know, he, he made his debut last week or, you know, a, a home game in Seattle. That would have been cool, but – 
it's just good for them to have him back. I think that I like Seattle in this spot because Seattle wants, you know, they want to run the ball, but they also need to pass the ball too because they have some really good receiving options. The Giants are 30th in the league in DVOA uh, defending the pass. So their secondary has been poor, and that's with Banks, the, the, the young corner. Um, that they got to has been really good. And so, yes, Seattle wants to run. Um, the Giants know that they are going to want to run, but the Giants, even when they're trying to stop the pass, have really struggled this year through three weeks. And so could be a big spot for Lockett and Metcalf and for JSN to kind of get going here. So um, especially with a pick on my lean, Seattle. Yeah, Giants have allowed 10.9 yards per completion so far this year, but Seattle's allowed 12.5 yards per completion. I think if Daniel Jones can show something here, this is his game to show something in prime time that, hey, I deserve a big contract. Like if, if Daniel Jones sucks here, I'm writing out the Giants for the rest of the year. Yep. But what happens? I mean, that that's what I'm going to watch. Seattle should win this game and I'm going to go Seattle. I didn't make my pick earlier, but Giants being favored here gives me a little bit of a head scratch. I mean, there's, there's, there, this is a great game, guys. I mean, a great Monday night football game. If Daniel Jones plays well and the Giants lose, are you still out on the Giants? No, I don't think so. I don't think I'm out. I'm, I've, I've been out on the Giants, but I don't think I'm like so far gone to where I don't think they're going to be a playoff. I, I mean, if they play well against Seattle here, they'll sniff a wild card still. There's there's a lot of potential. Saquon being out last week, if he gets healthy, they're just, there's a lot to still be seen with the Giants is what I'm trying to say. Chandler, you just can't you, – you, you. You can't give Daniel that contract and then, you know, that second half comeback did happen against the Cardinals. But, like, if you remove those two quarters, you can't pay him what you paid him and then have the production in these first three games so far. Like, I'm, oh, I totally agree. I'm, wor- I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm worried. Like, I, I agree with everything said. This is a This is a really big game for – Daniel Jones and this guy is really bad in prime time. Like yeah. very bad in prime time. Very bad when like media is covering him, like when the spotlights on him. He is a weirdo. He looks like he's always walking around like trying to hide a boner in his pants. Like his eyes are all over the place. Looks like he's kind of freaking out. Um really weird too, just, when the media talks to him i just i know you're honest to your takes chandler and i appreciate it because blaine and i are that way too you gotta wear it you gotta die on the hill but but like chandler you would you would not be friends with daniel jones no you no. would hate <laughs> daniel jones dude but the, i mean even beside the fact of how cool he is or whatever fuck but <laughs> He went for 104 against Dallas with two picks. And then in that big game against the 49ers, which everybody in the country watched, he went for 137 in one pick. 64 quarterback. Terrible. Right? Like it's, I mean, the Giants were still in that game there for a while, though, too, even though he was that bad. That's why I just have a hard time understanding who the Giants are because how the fuck is Daniel Jones that bad and they still play up to? I mean, the 49, I'm like, it, it was just a weird game. And I feel like this could be another weird game, but Daniel's got to show something for you. He's tonight. one and 11 in prime time. Wow. Is that wow? He's one and 11. Kirk Cousins is 10 and 18. 
He's one and eleven in fucking prime time. Yeah, they're gonna mean, get. They're gonna lose. See, Seattle's gonna blow their doors off, guys. Okay, Blaine. That's my flop, <laughs> but to the same flop that I flopped. You know, that was it. so. That's that's lame. You can't no, it's do- not. I've been so. I've been so not Giants, and I've been so Seattle. Seattle is gonna kill them. Check. Check, Let's please. wrap up the show. We're going to stay in the same exact stadium as we just talked about, but a different franchise coming to town. The defending Super Bowl champions, the Kansas City Chiefs. The 2-1 and one Kansas City Chiefs will be at MetLife Stadium to take on the 1-2 and two Zach Wilson-led New York Jets. As Johnny alluded to on the Monday show, we still do not get the Patrick Mahomes-Aaron Rodgers matchup. Instead, it'll be Patrick Mahomes, the greatest quarterback on earth and potentially ever going up against Zach Wilson, who his own teammates hate. This is a great opportunity for this Chiefs team to come to New York City. The first time in Patrick Mahomes' career, by the way, in MetLife Stadium to take on the New York Jets. And I sit here today with very little worry about this Chiefs defense. And that's one of the best things I have said in the Patrick Mahomes era, and I think that plays in very well to this game for the Chiefs because I think that this defense is going to make some plays to get our offense in some short uh, field opportunities and really put it to this Jets defense, and I kind of want to see that happen. Now, I am a bit concerned a little bit. This Jets defense is legit. This Jets defense is a tough assignment for this offense, and I'm very curious to see if – they have the same mentality that they had against the Bears, a team they knew they were in fe- or superior to. Will they play with that same mindset against a team that has a defense that can rise to a challenge? And I think the answer is yes. It's going to be very cu- – I'm very curious to see how we handle Sauce Gardner. I'm very curious to see how we handle Quinn and Williams. And this is a tough test for this offense and an offense that right now – is can't it can't have more confidence, and I think that's great going in to arguably the hardest assignment of the offense this season. Blaine, we'll start with the offense. Yeah, no, I didn't. Offensively, it's 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 more so like when I'm looking at it, they played Buffalo, Dallas, and New England so far this year. Those are three testy games for the Jets. So I mean, you get the Chiefs again, and the Chiefs are better on both sides of the football than all three of those teams. But both all three of those teams are very well run very secure football teams that gave Zach Wilson troubles. Um, but I, uh, when we're talking about defense here, has Sauce Gardner been that good this year? I mean, is Trent McDuffie better than Sauce Gardner? I mean, there's just some I things mean, with this. Dallas Dallas didn't target Sauce Gardner but one time, and it should have been a pick six. Right. So, I mean, there's just some unknown to see with this defensive front. How good is our offensive line? And, um, you know, I – I heard Creed come out today. Creed, and he was in front of his locker room. He said, this is a game where the offensive line wins the football game, and we like games where the offensive line has to win the football game. And that's what I love to hear out of Creed. That's Creed. You have to have it. Come on, and they, Creed. They know what the test is in front of them, and they know that they have to dominate this front in New York, and it's a really, really good front. But Dallas did it well. Buffalo did okay. They didn't run the football very well. New England. You can't really put that much to it, but this is where we learn a lot about the Chiefs against a really good front. 
Can we run the football? We've been asking for it for how many weeks, Chandler? We saw it last week against a horrible Chicago Bears defense. But we get a good Jets defense here. Run the football. Let's see what we can do. If we can run the football effectively, we're the best team in the NFL. If we can't, we're going to talk about it on Monday, asking questions. But, yeah, this is this is a true test. This is a true test offensively. Well said all on all fronts. Yeah, Quinn Williams versus Tooney Smith and uh, Creed is going to rock. Yeah. Um, I am the – you know, the resident captain of Team Jawan, looking for him to bounce back to. He's, he, guys, he's still been really good in pass pro. Like, he's just, he needs to clean shit up. And as, again, as we talked about in the earlier week podcast, like, they're just, I feel like, I feel like they're picking on him. And so does Andy and, and Patrick. Th- this is a, an obvious X factor. Um, but they, the Jets have nobody to stop Travis. Like, I'm thinking like they might be putting sauce on Travis because of his length. But Travis is so much like stronger and than than Sauce that I think that's where he could win there. If they put CJ Mosley on Travis, he's going to eat his lunch. Travis is going to have a hell of a day, I think. T Swift is going to be in the building, <laughs> um, it, which is just let's talk about you know, that. Every, everyone's favorite love story. It's so fucking awesome. I, we can get to that a little bit later. I do want to talk some X and o, X's and O's though. You guys are so right. Run the football. You, you, you run the football too as a as a form of asserting your dominance, of course. But run the football too to just like get the hell out of there with a win because Zach Wilson is that bad, and we'll get to the defense too. Like the, Zach Wilson is so bad, guys. Like Jamarcus Russell level bad, and. I know I, I can sense it from Chandler too. You know, usually every week Chandler always pisses me off with like, guys, I'm nervous. Like, <laughs> even if it's just a blowout, like you're gonna kill him. Like, Chandler, you're not you're not nervous for Zach Wilson. No, you're not nervous for Zach Wilson. Nope. Like, le- legitimately, guys, the biggest nerve wracking thing in this game is if like, like when the Chiefs were killing the Bears and Yannick Ngakwe rolls up on Patrick's ankle. Like that, like dumb, sh- like getting, like just get out of here with the win. Just get the game played, run the football, shorten the game, work on a few things, right? Get yourself sharp to go on the road to Minnesota next week and just get the hell out of this stadium with the win. My parents are going to be in attendance. They're taking a little four day New York trip, going to see a little Broadway show um, the night before, then going to the game on Sunday night. My mom did say today she's, you know, she's very excited um, to go. Parents are massive Chiefs fans. Um, but she said, I am a little disappointed. I really wanted to see Aaron Rodgers. And my mom is, that's what all of us feel like here. We, when, we, when we got the schedule, this is immediately where our eyes went. It's just a little disappointing that um, the Chiefs are going to be play, playing against Zach Wilson, who is so bad that Trevor Simeon was just signed by this team, and the fan base is over the moon wanting him to play. He can't play because I think of an acclimation period, or you can't play somebody, you can't dress somebody that uh, you just put on your team this week or something like that. But if Zach Wilson is bad, guys, Trevor Simeon's going to be starting for them next I mean, to the point, what does Spags do best? Mixes up coverages, makes a game plan on the per quarterback. 
whatever he does is going to make Zach Wilson question mark. And what Belichick did last week, I mean, Zach Wilson went 18 for 36, 18 for 36. You don't think Spags has that in his bag, let alone the Chiefs have better defenders than New England does. I just, there's no way that they're going to, going to continue to ride Zach Wilson. I just don't see how they score points. I don't see how they score points. And well, this offensive is a line's big, bad too. This is a God big test. Bad. Yeah, this is a big test. And Willie Gay, um, in front of his locker room, he's like, what do you think about the Jet, the Jets offense? They're going to run the football. We got to stop the run. That's all they're worried about. Stop the run, throw some things in the secondary against them that they are not going to see. Spags will do that, but they're going to have to stop the run and it'll be a big test. For a team that's going to want to run the ball 30 times, can we do it? Yes. Let's see it. Yeah, that's a great segue into the defense, too. And I just want to point out just one thing. Zach Wilson's horrible. I totally agree. But a, a really good, you know, something if I'm a Jets coach, I'm scheming up. How do we get Garrett Wilson involved? Get easy throws to Garrett Wilson and let him make plays. And if guys that are that good can make plays, it could be an interesting night. But I just don't see how he makes plays when he's the only target, really. I mean, Cobb is awful. Lazard is non-existent because these guys just – their quarterback's that bad. So – Who is McCall, too, Chandler? I'm not sure who that is. Uh, well, he doesn't have a pelvis, so he hasn't been playing. <laughs> True. No pelvis on McColl. But, yeah, I guess technically, unfortunately, it's a revenge game, McColl – if you had to look at it objectively, um, but Zach's bad. And what a perfect opportunity for Chris Jones to get a lot of snaps. He, uh, was, was he limited or DNP today with a groin limited? Um, he's, he's going to be fine. Yeah. Yeah. He'll be fine. No Nick um, though. Say it again. Nick, Nick no Bolton. Nick possibly. No, yeah. No Nick again. bowl today at practice. You're right. But this is just a great spot for this defense to continue to take steps in the right direction and continue to dominate. And I think that they have a lot of confidence. They're going to go to New York and do it. And just like the bears game last week, don't even let him hang around. Do not let them hang around, come out and smack them in the mouth. And they're going to lie down this jets team, this defense, they hate Zach Wilson. They've been talking about how they are pissed at Robert Sala for even having this much faith in the guy. And yet, to Johnny's point, they've got to play him this week. They have no other option. So it's going to be Zach Wilson. The players are not going to react to it well. And the best way to put out a limping dog is to shoot him in the head. <laughs> that's a good old Higginsville quote for you right there. That is. That's good. I like it. I like that. But go out there and just kill him. Just like the Bears. Hit Zach Wilson hard, Chris. Get in there and hit him. Anybody got any final points? <laughs> Oh, oh, I got yeah. a lot. Yeah. Blaine, you go. Ahead, you go no, 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 no. No. You go. Taylor Swift's going to be in the building again, and the Chiefs are going to put up 40 again. That's all. Chandler, do you like to hear that? I mean, she's there again. That's the point. I like Travis. The, I like the 40 points part. Yeah. Well, I, I there's a chance to where – I mean, New York has been so – oh, defense, defense. They've been so good, so good, so good. But guys, like, I mean, they've – they, Dallas put up 30, and then the next week, Arizona shut them down. What what does this defense look like? Like, I think this is actually a big game for New York in the fact that is their defense that good that everybody's talking about? Like, there's a question mark there. If we can exploit New York's defense up front, then I like, like I said, guys, 
Sauce is 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 obviously the talking point, but there's a lot to still be seen out of New York's defense that nobody is talking about. And and, and I think Pat's getting comfortable. I think Travis could go for two. Taylor in the building. Give me 40 again. Give me 40 again. Okay, let's dive more into – and, yeah, like I, I mean, I think Travis is going to go off. Just the defense doesn't have anybody to stop him, and that's every defense other than, like, Derwin James on the Chargers, and Travis has been getting after his ass a lot lately. So um, I want to talk more about how bad Zach Wilson is, guys, because he's tr- he tr- it's truly oh, that bad. And the offensive line, Makai um, Becton's a limited participant, but the offensive line, Dwayne Brown is on IR. Makai is going to have to play left tackle. Like, they, it, it's horrible. Uh 53% pressure rate. That's the highest uh, in the league. So Zach Wilson is under pressure half the time, over half the time. Um, he has a 52% completion percentage, which is the worst in the league. 52% completion percentage. Guys, this guy was the second overall pick. This is his third year in the league? Yeah. This is his third year in the league? Yeah, this is this is an absolute mess, um, Johnny. Ahead. Why are you why are you talking about completion percentage? He has been dead last in completion rate since 2021, basically fifty five point six percent twenty twenty one thirty three of thirty three fifty four point five percent in twenty twenty two thirty three of thirty three, and so far this year fifty two point four percent completion rate thirty five of thirty five quarterbacks. I mean, he's been literally the worst quarterback that you could ever dream of in the last three years of, I mean, it's it's been the worst. That's just incredible. And if you look to, like, I, I'll just read these numbers. We talked about Trevor Simeon. In 22 games as a starter, Zach Wilson is 8-14 and 14 with 17 touchdowns and 22 interceptions. He's averaging an interception per game. 22 games... He has 17 touchdown passes. Jeez. The second overall pick. Trevor Simeon, okay, listen, just listen to these numbers. Trevor Simeon is 15 and 20 lifetime as a starter. Remember, he was a seventh rounder out of uh, Northwestern, right? Trevor Simeon is 15 and 20 lifetime as a starter with 42 touchdowns and 28 interceptions. 42 to 28. Like Zach Wilson, 17 to 22. This, in, in, this is. It's and if you ask Jets fans too, I mean they're losing their mind. There's a hilarious video that kind of went viral of a Jets fan losing his teeth out of his mouth when he was yelling at Zach Wilson. Guys, it's it's like it's that bad, and it's going to be in prime time. And like unless the Chiefs, I mean, you know, against the Lions week one, the Chiefs had a horrible game. Last year against the Colts where Chandler was in attendance, they had an awful game. They have to have like double both of those awful games to lose this game to the Jets. Like I, I, dude, if Blaine Gabbert started this game for the Chiefs, I think the Chiefs would win by two scores. 100%. I mean, the Chiefs have to turn the ball over three times to lose. Minimum. Minimum. And that's how I feel about it. Really. Yeah. It's honestly true. Great show, guys. Unless anybody has any final points, I think that we. I mean, I don't. I don't care about Taylor Swift. No, I was good. Well, I was going to go there. Come on, a little bit. Swift. Just give me a bit. I mean, okay, did you, you guys? Get... You guys take it. I don't have anything to say. Okay, so why? 
Yeah, well, I don't why? have anything to say about Taylor Swift. I thought this was a football podcast, not a pop oh culture podcast. Dude, can we? What? But honestly, like, why is I'm I'm not as, like a big like before this. I wasn't a big Swift guy, but like, this get... is isn't it cool? You don't think yeah. it's cool at all, Chandler? No, it's fine. It's cool. Like, yeah, it's fine. Here, it no, is. it's great yeah. for the Chiefs, Chandler. It's can great you can for the Chiefs and for can, Kansas City? Can you not say that it is? I happen to think that winning football games is great for the Chiefs. Well, yeah, we do that. But on top of that, is it not great? It's great. Okay, good. Yeah. That's it. Well, I honestly, more... can't, I can't believe your attitude on this, Chandler. Actually, really? I'm pissed off. You really? are grounded. Thank you. But why the fuck not? Like, did you see Travis? So I watched the New Heights podcast, which I don't mention other podcasts on this podcast because whatever. But New Heights is fine because it's, you know, Travis. His eyes, whenever he talked about, oh, you know, she was there. Like, that dude is actually in love, Chandler. And he might go for three touchdowns because he's got a feeling. Yeah, I do. I do. I've been in love before. This guy's got it. This guy is feeling. They're getting married. It's something. I'm telling you, this is going to go. Travis is going to have a year. She is like. My thought of Taylor Swift, right? I don't know like anything about her, even though everyone knows everything about her. My thought about her is like quirky, like dorky kind of girl. She is so famous, and she's hot, by the way. Now yeah, I, I didn't realize how hot she was, but she yeah. is like so famous and cool now that she just pulls up into the Kelsey suite, yells, "Let's fucking go!" and is with six foot five, swagged out Travis Kelsey, who's like super fucking cool and athletic and jacked. Keep in mind. She used to date Harry Styles, who wears women's dresses. Fat. Oh, I didn't. I almost yeah. had it, but I didn't say it. Yeah, she wears he wears dresses. Okay, and now Travis Kelsey wears fucking Louis and fucking cool ass clothes, bro. Like, he catches this, touchdown this, passes and says "fuck." Yeah, you know? true. He's not a what the frick guy. But, not, Taylor Swift is not dating Derek Carr. It's not okay. Happening. So maybe I'm like I, I kind of feel like a TikTok. Girl, whatever. Fuck this. But I'm actually into this. Patrick said in his press conference today that he thought Taylor fit. She was cool. And that's all Travis. It's all Patrick had to say about her. And when Patrick says that she fits and that she's cool and she was really cool to hang around, then I'm cool with you being a Kansas City Chief. Because if it was some other famous person that's going to catch a lot of drama like Kim K or some other bitch, fuck you. Get out of here now. I don't want you a part of the Kansas City Chiefs. You're going to ruin our season. But if Pat says, I enjoyed having cocktails with you, we were cool to hang around and having fun together, then I'm all in on it. Come on to Kansas City. Your family now. Bring you in. I'm cool with that. And that's why I'm so in on Taylor Swift. If Taylor Swift seems was... normal. She seems normal, guys. And that's what we if want. She, if she was dating some fucker from... South side, east side Springfield. Chandler would be all about this shit, but she's not. <laughs> she's not. The Chiefs are the greatest sports team on the planet, and Taylor Swift got rizzed up by Travis Kelsey, our boy Travis Kelsey. Good That's for so Travis good. too, because Travis. Great for Travis, I'll I'll say that. Great for Come Travis. On. I'm happy for him. I'm happy for the Chiefs. Sure, but I just am not interested in talking about it. I'll let them do whatever they want to do. Just buy into it. Say say you're cool with it. No more. I've podcast. been cool with it. I just All don't right. care. Like it's fine. They can do whatever <laughs> they want. I'm glad she's at the game. If we keep winning, I'm wanting her around. But I'm also not really on board with my starting quarterback talking about Taylor Swift 
four days before we go to New York to play the Jets. How can you? Oh my God, dude! It was ten seconds long. He did not. He said, "Oh, she's cool." All right, next question. Oh, that's all she said. Because if we rewind the podcast here, it was drinks and we had cocktails and then we they did so they went. We had that. They went to draw together. Just, they went. Hey, no. This is the figure it out yeah. podcast. I want to talk about football. I just I'm figuring it out here, and you're not figuring it out because you need to figure out that she's good for Kansas City Chiefs. That's a fact. Awesome show. Great ending as well. A bit of drama. They got a little happy on the podcast tonight. Awesome time with Blaine and Johnny, as always. Back next week, Monday recap show, Chiefs Jets. We'll be back next Wednesday for week five. Potentially some buys coming into play, I think, in week five. Um, So that'll be interesting to see how the episode goes. But we'll be back next week. Thanks for listening. Go Chiefs! Go Chiefs! Go Chiefs.